Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, before we started this episode today, I just wanted to let you know that we ran into some technical difficulties while recording. So you'll notice that the quality of my uh, microphone is much less and I apologize for that. So hopefully you can still stick with it because we've got some great tunes coming up. Thank you. Culture. Hi guys, welcome to a new winter, Colts and Culture. And we have another episode of Three Hits and a Shit. And as always, here's uh, Dan. It's me, it's me, it's dreadful Dan G, rolling once again with the S to the L to the G. <laughs> Those are my initials, by the way. <laughs> three, three random letters pulled from the, the ether. Um, how, how are you today, Dan? I'm all right. Um, I've got a really bad cough, scratchy throat, which um, is probably going to come into play over the course of this show. So I just want to apologise for that up front. Well, Dan, so have I. And I oh think it's, it's because of all that tonguing we've been doing with each other. <laughs> Does that this work? Time, Can you transfer a cold through tonguing my anus? I don't know. Well, we did try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, just no, no mouth on mouth. Mouth on anywhere else, but not mouth on mouth. That's just disgusting. <laughs> Look at all the diseases you'll get from that. Fuck's uh... sake. Um, so, yeah, for people that don't know, Three Hits in the Shit is where you take uh, four songs. We take four songs each three of which we think are hits or that we like or whatever, and one of which we think is dire. And it's uh, up to the other person to decide which, and we just give our general thoughts of whether we like it or not. Uh, sounds about right, doesn't it? That's the one. That's it. Um, so, Dan, tell me, what have you, uh, before we go into it, what have you been listening to lately, if anything? Oh, God, loads of stuff. Um, I've actually been digging around in the jazz collection that I um, inherited from my great-uncle, so I've been okay. going back to that every now and then, and yeah, I've had a little dig around in that over the last few weeks. Um, it's a congratulations and a commiserations yeah. in, in order. Yeah, it's tinged with sadness, but um, it's cool that I'm discovering, yeah, some like really kind of new to me um, music, just like traditional jazz, really, jazz guitar, um, but that I've never really been exposed to before. So that's been quite uh, exciting. Mm, and you've How been exposed you? to a lot. <laughs> um <laughs> 
and of my my penis. Um, yeah, what have I been listening to? Um, I listened to an album someone sent me. I totally forgot the name of it, um, which is really helpful. Uh, but yeah, I was going to talk to you about it actually anyway because I was thinking this might be up Dan Street because it's very um, it's noisy. Basically, okay. it's quite fast. It's a bit weird. Um, just getting up now. Sonic Citadel by Lightning Bolt. Have you heard of that? Album? Oh, yeah, Lightning Bolt. Um, yeah, I've, heard of, I've seen them play. Oh, really? Well, there you go. So I listened to that for a bit. That's really the only new stuff. Um, I saw that uh, I've been a bit excited because um, I've still listened to Idols pretty much all the time, but they've got a live album coming out um, in uh, early December, I think it is. And uh, there's actually some nice vinyl they're releasing for that, by the way. Mm. They've got, um, I think it's three different colours, 30 quid each, or you get the lot for 80, but it's all the same album, so I don't know why you would, but people do, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and they've got like a hot pink, a yellow, and something else. Um, but yeah, and it's live at the Batter Clan, or whatever it's called, the Parisian oh, yes. one that got shot up. Um, so yeah, I've been quite looking forward to that, but really I haven't listened to anything new apart from apart from that album. I've just missed some, some of my old classic stuff and a lot of songs by The Wiggles, which my kids like. <laughs> um, that seems to eat up a lot of my... Uh, you know, get thrown up a lot of recommendations based on my love for the Australian children's band known as the Wiggles, um, which is quite catchy. It's really annoyingly catchy. Catchy. There's one song called uh, "Do the Propeller," which <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's, it sticks in my head for about you know five weeks afterwards and never comes out. Um, so, you, you know, have, have listened to that. Are you allowed to do it. the propeller dance? I hope not. What do you mean? <laughs> Am I allowed to do it? Does it involve taking well, your pants I'm on off? the register? Oh, right, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's a bit more harmless. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. Um, I've actually been listening as well to, because I was feeling a bit ill and poorly, I think, I got into a really weird mood and I became obsessed with the song Coming Around Again by Carly Simon. Just I don't like know that one, do I? Really saccharine piece of 80s pop with really terrible lyrics. Um, I've been listening to that. The Bangles, Eternal Flame. Nice. Uh, Never Ever by The Assembly. And no. um, a few other a few other songs in that kind of space. I was going to play the Carly Simon, but I thought I can't really give it a hit because there's something really awful about it, but it just seems to have got lodged <laughs> in my head. <laughs> there was a... Um, I saw recently, by the way... Well, two things I was going to say. One is that... Um, the Bangles, I always think, uh, you remember the, the, my mate's band called Valinsky? Do you remember that? I do, yeah. Love Valinsky. Um, they were Epsom back in Surrey, my hometown. Um, and I was in a band with one of them, separate band, and uh, him and his brother were in a band called Valinsky. And I was in a band with the other guy's brother as well. But anyway, so, and um, yeah, loads of actually great, proper, brilliant music, which to this day I still think is really good. Um, but you won't be able to find it anywhere. I've got a tape somewhere of uh, all their stuff. But um, they used to cover Bangles, like, um, yeah, Walk Like an Egyptian, but in a real kind of their way. And um, they kind of did it, yeah, their, their own version of it. And I always remember thinking, what a, a brilliant song. Like, everyone knows that song anyway. Yeah. But um, it really boiled it down to, like, you know, what a cool fucking 80s track it is, Um even if you kind of strip out the kind of pop and overproduced elements, as it were. 
Yeah, they had some good songs. And Susanna Hoff's one of the beautiful <coughs> women ever uh, to live. Mm. I, yeah, I saw an um, uh, article with uh, Rick Astley um, who talked about he's got his own home studio and he's released his first album, which reached number one. I think it's called 50 or something. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, and then I think he's got a best of or something like that coming out. I can't remember, but he was very upfront with the fact that he was like, it's weird having a best of, right? Because there were just Spotify playlists which just yeah. do that. Um, so to just have an album which is just essentially just a compilation of stuff people would just do anyway is very strange. But he said that to kind of add something new to it, he's, well, he's one, he's put a new song on it, but also there's like a um, second disc or whatever that has all his songs but done acoustically and stripped down. Mm-hmm. And um, he did, he's got a version of, uh, you know, Never Gonna Give You Up or, or Give You Up. What is the actual title of the song? Never Gonna Give You Up. It's Never mm-hmm. Gonna Give You Up, the whole thing. Um, and uh, done acoustically and is tinged with this sadness. And I was actually listening to it going, fuck me, that's really good. Um, so I do recommend maybe um, <laughs> checking checking that out really randomly. Not to Rick roll anyone, but um, yeah, just type in, you know, never going to give you up acoustic. Um, And yeah, you might be uh, pleased with the results. I'm disappointed we're not going to have that on the show. I thought, uh, I was thinking, oh, that'd make a nice little song to analyse. Yeah, well, too bad. (laughs) Go and do it yourself. (laughs) Have to do everything for you. Jesus, you bloody listeners. Um, Right, so should we get straight into it then? Let's do it. Was it? Uh, they're a band called Gang. They're from Margate. Um, and the track's called Animalia. Mm-hmm. Um, from a couple of years ago, I think it came out uh, right at the end of 2015. Right. Um, and they're just a band that I really, really like, and I always keep an eye on them. Like, I follow them on Instagram and all this. And, um, you know, they haven't gone that far in their career yet, so... It's one of those bands like, you know, I think like back in the day, there's like a band like Idlewild where yeah. you kind of like get on, get on early and then you're like, they're my guys <laughs> and you want to like see them progress. And uh, yeah, that's how I feel about these guys. And I saw them play last week and it made me just think about them again. Oh, really? Where do they play? They played um, at London in the Islington Assembly Halls. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they had an album out in 2017 mm. and I went and saw them uh at that point as well and so i was kind of like what have they been doing for two years because they haven't really released anything but the set was completely different i didn't recognize one single song and they played all their material um as one long (laughs) (laughs) no as one one big piece like one suite of music yeah um and i love it when bands do that it's really interesting yeah, I thought I was thinking about that because, like, we try to kind of sometimes do that in our band, don't mm. we? Um, 
And I think that is cool. I liked this, but it did really, I think it took the audience out of it quite a lot because right. like, they were the support band as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally, what, 40 minutes on stage with no crowd interaction or applause or anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, I used it was to really see, cool. Um, there was, a, there was a band called White Denim. I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah. And, that, and they always do that. They've always done that. I've seen them live. Weirdly, I'm not like even that big a fan, but I think I've seen them live about seven or eight times. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure every time I saw them, they do it as just one, just rolling on from one song to the next, to the next. And just, yeah, after a while, you're just a bit like, I just need you to like stop. <laughs> just, <for> like, <laughs> just like a minute. And also with white denim, it's very, can get like quite guitar wanky. Um, yeah. And sometimes you're a bit like, I'm not even sure like what song I'm on anymore because it all feels like a bit of a loose jam sometimes their songs anyway um but uh yeah I do think there's something quite cool um I mean we do it like in chunks really more than I don't think we tr- I, don't, I don't think we've ever done it one straight set beginning and end sometimes do like three songs maybe yeah us yeah 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 um, I, when I think about it it's like yeah it's more that we do them yeah in these like yeah three or four song chunks um, rather than trying to do a whole set. I think we have done it a couple of times, but anyway. Um, um, yeah, I that's like cool that. when yeah, they did it. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like, seem to focus a little bit more on um, some of the, like, hazier, psyche kind of sounds, um, which was cool. Like, this gig they played, because it was all new material, I was like, that could just be the album. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that they haven't... Um, focused on some of the kind of like hookier songs that they're so good at, which I think that Animalia song shows off. Um, Cause they seem to have a knack for, you know, it's, it's heavy kind of like seventies rock tinged. Um, but it's also very melodic and quite accessible, I think. And in that way, it kind of reminds me a bit of some of the early burgeoning grunge stuff. Like it wouldn't surprise me yeah. to learn that that song maybe had been recorded by Jack and Dino at reciprocal recordings or something. Yeah, that was kind of more what I was thinking um, in terms of it. It was a bit like, yeah, grunge-esque. Um, and, yeah, I, I quite like this quite dirty guitar sound. And, but, yeah, it's still quite big. And it's, like, kind of got the strained vocals and all this stuff. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, it's quite um, uh, weirdly, like, poppy in terms of the, um, yeah, the vocal melody and all this stuff. Uh I really liked it. I thought it was cool. Cool. I think they produced it themselves as well. I think they produced all their stuff, so um, mm. which is nice. I produced all my own liquids. <laughs> That's I've a heard fact. enough about that already. <laughs> 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 yes. um, so, okay, it's your turn now. This is uh, my song number one and the number two song of the evening.
you think? That was very exciting. Um, <laughs> I was feeling quite confident up until about 50 seconds in that I kind <laughs> of might have known what it was, but then the goalposts moved. Mm. Didn't um, they just? Yeah, I was wondering, I thought it sounded like some uh, some John Carpenter music. You Interesting, know? yeah. Um, so I've actually been watching a few of his films recently. And then all those big fat, uh, kind of like Liam Howlett breakbeats started dropping. Yeah. It is what uh, I believe they call a uh, banger. <laughs> well, it's, um, do you know who it is? Have I'm not clear. No. no. It's a Carpenter Brute, um, a French guy, basically. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's called, um, I've forgotten it already. It's about to say Rolling Thunder, but that's completely different. Roller Mobster. And um, yeah, the, it was kind of what, with my legatique stuff, um, uh, I released a song called Ghost recently, which was kind of riffing on this kind of Carpenter Brute sound. Um, and this is, his. all his songs are pretty fucking dark and dirty. They have a John Carpenter-esque vibe. But also, like, it's this part of, like, synth and synthwave or whatever, dark synth, that has, like, a bit of a metal vibe to it. Mm. Um, and, you know, like, the way, like, Prodigy used to mix up rock and stuff, this is, yeah, like, a bit more um, hardcore. Uh, and, yeah, it's a, it's amazing, um, I think, just to, you know, it's just so fucking intense. And, uh, yeah, so it's part of... Um, because he started off, he released uh, EPs, and this was, I believe it's on the second EP, but then he just, he's batched them all since then, he's batched them all together and just called it Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably still got, I would argue, the, maybe the best stuff on it. Um, so if you like it, I think it's worth just looking at Trilogy and uh, kind when, of going, going through that. When did that come out? <laughs> I don't I mean, know. Are we talking about a, like a current artist here yeah i mean um, these probably came out only like what four or five years ago okay. maybe so relatively relatively new i don't know what you did before um and yeah i, I think it's pretty sweet um and he's still like touring and he's got a live album out as well i think somewhere um how do you do that live i don't know yeah it's interesting well him and like I, th- I can't remember if it was him I saw I didn't actually go or Perturbator which is a similar um, thing and you know they had a maybe it was Perturbator actually but they had like a live drummer alongside him mm-hmm. and his synths and laptops and stuff and um, yeah that really like fucking made made it kick um, you know with songs like this where it's using an actual drum kit. Um, yeah, so, that's what the prod yeah. used to do, isn't it? When they um, decided to gear yeah. up for being more of kind of like rock, kind of live mm. touring act. An actual guitar. Do you remember the guitarist's name? Gizbart. Yeah. <laughs> Gizbart and Kieran Pepper on drums. Those are the oh, days. I wouldn't have the drummer name. Well the Land tour. Nice. Um, yeah, um, cool. That was really good. I really liked it. Yeah, I recommend it. It's, you know, if you like that kind of stuff and it's still... All that stuff kind of influences the electronic stuff that I do. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was quite a nice little pick there. Where could somebody uh, listen to that material if they were intrigued? <laughs> well, my stuff. Yeah, the Legacy. Legacy. It's on Spotify. I don't think I'm on... 
don't think I'm on Bandcamp or SoundCloud, actually. I think it's just your normal ways that you maybe get your music. So iTunes or Apple Music, or whatever it's called now, um, you know, Google Music and all that stuff. Tidal is probably on as well, if anyone still uses that. Um, and yes, L-E space G-A-S-S-I-Q-E. Um, and, you know, you know, you can go to my Instagram at Legacy, which has over 10,000 followers now, which is pretty good. Um, wow. And there's loads of cool 80s themed pictures and shit that I post up there. Um, and yeah, if you go, if you click on the link in the bio for that, then it will take you to um, all the things. It's on YouTube as well. So if you type Legacy Ghost, and I might even put a link in the show notes for this episode because... Um, yeah, uh, there's basically two songs I've done which are which are fairly popular. One's called Sunset Sprint, which is a bit more chill, and the other one is Ghost, which is a bit more hardcore. And you might recognise it because it's actually used sometimes in the New Winter intro, and I think it would probably be used in the intro for this very episode that we're doing now. So if you like the sound of that, then you can listen to that, and that's kind of the same ilk of, uh, yeah, Carpet de Brut. Um, so I guess we should move on to the next song. I'm going to give your number two a listen. Disrogative gun thrown away into flat river. Scar killer. Devo would have sounded like if they were born like 20 years later. <laughs> um, I really, I really liked it. Again, I think it was weird and it was different and it, it made my brain feel nice because of that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it was very Devo-ish, but uh, yeah, without the um, kind of comic element yeah. as such. Um and yeah, I've no idea who that was. Who was it? Well, Sacre Bleu, it's another French band. Yeah. Two in a row. Um, they're called Frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know anything about them. I downloaded a couple of their albums a few years ago and I can't even remember why. I think they were recommended on a blog or something. Um, and I've actually been meaning to mention, to them, uh, mention them to you at some point. So it seemed wow. like a good opportunity. Um I like them for exactly the reason you've just pointed out. It reminds me of Devo. Uh, the singer reminds me a little bit of Einar Orn from the Sugar Cubes and later yeah. of Ghost Digital. Sounds okay. a little bit kind of like strained and unhinged, which I quite mm. enjoy. Yeah, um, that's up your street. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, all those kind of like jerky rhythms and some of those keyboard sounds are straight out of early Devo. Yeah. Um, it's not too challenging. It's good fun. Uh, just like, I think it's an enjoyable, fizzy little kind of post-punk track yeah and i felt like it was only about two minutes as well so um, yeah yeah it didn't kind of outstay its welcome or anything like that um yeah it was a really good choice i really enjoyed that um it's from the album uncivilized which was released in 2012 if you're interested in checking out any more of frustration yeah and um yeah i should mention that uh, all these songs any that are kind of available on spotify i'll put on the uh, spotify playlist um so you know do which i i try and do the day if not the day after that the episode comes up 
Um, so yeah, check that out if you want to hear it, basically the whole thing. Um, thanks Dan. Okay. So now it's your turn to listen to my number two track and I am interested in what you make of it. Oh, I love a number two. some thoughts about that one cool well before we get to that it might be good just to see what the lay of the land is yeah. i'm gonna put my money on that being yo shit <laughs> you would be correct <laughs> um it's quite interesting actually how you've picked two songs in a row that start out sounding like 1980s horror soundtracks um and then rapidly become something wildly different I'm assuming that is a new track from Corn. Yes. <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> uh, I tell, yes. even before he started singing, it had that trademark yeah, corn, guitar sound. Yeah, that like was it like a detuned mm, yeah. bass kind of sound. Yeah, um, they've got a very, very um, uh, yeah, distinctive um, yeah guitar. Sound not just from the tuning, but just the way it's produced and everything always sounds a certain way, which is probably why they always sound the same (laughs) for so long. It sounded like, um, so I haven't kept up with any of uh, Korn's output, I'd say, over the last 20 years. But Mm. I did uh, have the first three albums. Um, The first one of which I kind of, think uh, i can see why i like that and had maybe some merit to it then life is peachy and follow the leader pretty awful really in retrospect oh man um don't you can't say that go on i'll let you talk first (laughs) (laughs) um i've heard some of the stuff they've done over the intervening years and i thought it was absolutely god awful and i think this is probably one of the better songs i've heard from them Mm -hmm. um it sounds a bit more like that first album sound maybe. And there were a few little bits in in there in that that I, I thought, oh, that's quite a good little hook, something a little bit slightly different. And I think I liked it the more it went on. Yeah. So here's my thing. Mm. <laughs> I think there's. it would be actually quite interesting to do an entire episode dedicated to a corn album or something, but really liked the first album, really liked the second album, liked the third album but then after that it kind of I kind of dropped off the radar I think like most of our most of us did because we got that little bit older um and you know it kind of got a bit old hat but yeah they have released some um absolute shit uh over the course of it but this new album which came out very very recently I I don't have the exact date but um uh I'm talking like weeks um has done really well apparently, and is uh, a, a critical success as well. Mm. And people seem to be quite enjoying. Um, I still think it feels rather dated. This song, 
uh, even though it's my shit, um, I actually don't mind it as much as the other shits I've chosen, if that makes sense. Mainly because yeah. it's, um, I do quite like their sound still to this day. And I do think it's very much them. And that's why you can always tell it's corner, not just from the, I think even if you took Jonathan Davis's singing out, you would still be able to tell it's a corn track. Totally. Um, and I like the way they throw in different bits and pieces and they try this and try that. And then, you know, they do something weird here and do something weird there. And they're like crazy, like the vocal stuff that, you know, Davis does, which is mad. Sometimes when I listen to it, I'm just like, why has he chosen to do this? But for some reason, it's just so weird. It um, makes you interested in listening to it. Um, And I quite like them for that. But there is that part of me that's like, this could have, as you said, could have been released on the first album back in <laughs> 96 or, yeah. or whenever it was. And yeah, I, it's, it kind of shows that, you know, there's no real evolution. I know they did lots of stuff with them. Um, they did that song with Skrillex and all this stuff and they try new things in that way. Great. But um, yeah, I just feel like eh, just, you know, you've had your moment. You've had, your, you've had your time. It's fine. You know, don't worry about it. But then I saw them on, um, they did a Reading Festival or something recently and I was watching it on BBC um, iPlayer and I was watching the set and half of it was like the old stuff and I was like, you know what? I do fucking love this stuff still. And <laughs> I don't really know why. And I kind of swing from the whole like, yeah, this is really great and then when I listen to like the first three albums and bits and pieces in the middle, um, again, I get bored of it very quickly. Uh, but I think when you hear like a corn song once in a while, um, rather than listen to an entire album, say, I think it, you know, you enjoy it more in little tidbits. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I just thought uh, the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh God, this is terrible. I hate it, but it's not the worst of my shits. Sort of like a, a- very dry, offensive <laughs> shit that has very little odour. Yeah, is there such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that song was called, uh, let me just um, make sure I get the exact pronunciation of this right. Um, H. <laughs> Sorry. What, is it about the guy from Steps? No, hold on, I've just started. Oh. Um, H at, as in the at sign, R-D-3-R. Oh, hold on. Harder. It's <laughs> uh, so confusing when they do that. It's so confusing like, these days. Putting like computer speak because it's cool. Um, so that's <laughs> part of the reason why I hate stuff like that. <laughs> um, I've actually read a little bit around um, people saying that 2019 has been a bit of a kind of renaissance year for new metal. Some people saying it's 1999 again because um, we've had Corn. I can't remember which other bands. I know Cold released an album. Do you remember them? Jesus, yeah. Cold. Yeah. I mean, who was crying out for a Cold album? <laughs> um, but that happened. Was there maybe like a Slipknot thing or something? I can't remember. Well, to be fair, like- Slipknot have still kept going, and I've kind of kept slightly abreast of them, and I still really like the Slipknot stuff. I'm well, saying it. It's out there. Okay, deal with it. Well, 2019 was a red letter year for you. Then. 
Um, no, I'm not even sure. Did they release an album this year? Oh, probably. I ain't got that. <laughs> well, there were some other, like, kind of like what are considered old new metal bands that, that released stuff this year. Lip Biscuit? Um, oh, God. Oh, Lord. No, to be, to so. be fair, Fred Durst, I think, I think has um, released a film recently that's actually getting a lot of traction. Unbelievable. Let me just Google it. He's because uh, he's, I know he's been wanting to be a film director. Um, well, he is a film director now, I suppose. He's been wanting to do it for a while. Um, and, uh, yeah, because they, well, they did a little reunion, actually, didn't they? Not too long ago. They played a few shows. Did you see this? And then Insane Clown Posse came on board and tried to dropkick. <laughs> tried to dropkick Fred Durst. What? <laughs> Do you not see this? No. Oh, mate. Yeah, it's... Um, just Google it. It's quite funny. Yeah, like, they're, they're <laughs> oh. just... It's Limp Bizkit doing a... Um, set and uh yeah did they do a cover of heart-shaped box they did yeah they were doing they were, they were doing covers and stuff as well yeah. i remember hearing that because people were livid yeah and it was pretty bad um but i'm trying to find what film he's done people will probably be shouting at home going fuck's sake you did this um and uh yeah and as he's um singing one of the insane clown posse comes on and tries to drop. Apparently, he was drunk, but I don't. I don't know. Um, and tried to drop kick. Uh, yeah, tried to drop kick Fred Durst. Because they were into their wrestling, aren't they? Insane clown posse. Yeah, but also like, I swear, I read something that he was on a recent um, Insane Clown Posse uh, album or something like that. I don't know. Oh, this is it. The fanatic. These guys, they just keep on going and going and going, don't they? They're all releasing stuff constantly, just under the radar. That's true. Um, yeah, he did a, uh, recently did a um, film with John Travolta called The Fanatic, which is supposed to be all right. I've not seen huh. it. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, directed by Fred Durst, um, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. But yeah, he's becoming a filmmaker now, so whatever, I don't know. Interesting but depressing. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a big box office failure. It earned oh, it, uh, it. What was the budget? And um, doesn't say. But it earned three thousand one hundred and fifty three dollars <laughs> on its opening wow. day. Shit. From fifty two theaters, which is a fair amount of theaters, and you've only got three grand. John Travolta has the weirdest. Oh yeah, he's got three point five out of ten on on Rotten Tomatoes. So it must be awful. <laughs> So I totally made up the fact that if it's supposed to be any good, it's not supposed to be dread- dreadful looking at it. Um, Let's hope that's a nail in the coffin of uh, his film directing career. Well, he might go back to music, and we don't want that either. <laughs> so. um, um, just going back to Corn. Yes. I did read about this a few months ago, I think. I seem to remember this music, or this album, is connected in some way to a storytelling podcast that they were doing. Wow. Um, You've made it relevant. So, what, what, I've, I didn't know this. So in many ways, it is the A New Winter of the new metal scene. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I definitely remember reading that. Look it up. I don't know which way around they did it if they kind of like kicked the podcast off. Well, the album's very new, so I imagine a podcast would have come first. 
Yeah, they've weaved, I think, the music and the there's some kind of, yeah, Jonathan Davis-type gothic narrative. Um, Interesting. That all the music apparently uh, relates to. So. Okay. Um, all right, well, that was my number two. So now uh, I think we should time to move on to your number three for me. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So, Dan, I'd like to think that was your shit. Would I be correct? Oh, no, you're wrong. Oh, my Lord. How can that not be? How can it not be? Presented you up a fine piece (laughs) of electro synth rock only for you to cast aspersions on (laughs) it. So, (laughs) it reminds me of um, that Tim and Eric show, the minivan superhighway, whatever it's called. Have you seen that? That sketch? Whilst, whilst we're talking, I'm going to send. I'm going to send it to you. But explain to me why you like it. Um, so this is from an album that I've only really recently, just like this month, uh, listened to for the first time, and so it's been on my playlist quite a bit. Um, it's just a nice piece of again, like Devo influenced, I think, music. Um, that's catchy, fun. And I like some of the tone textures in there. I thought it was just good, upbeat, new wavy piece of pop fun. By any ideas? Neil Young. I've I've heard it. I've actually heard it before. Ah, uh, um, okay. And sorry, I was just meeting. Like I've just uh, messaged you the sketch that I'm talking about. Um, so why, why don't we just? <laughs> I'll play it for the uh, guys back home as well, and they can make their own own minds up. So yeah, feel free to click press play on it. I'll play it um, as well. liked minivan highway i thought it was really good it's basically the same song. <laughs> but that's some somebody had to make the music for there to be something to parody someone got a fucking voice box thing and a synth and fucked around with it and his name was yeah. Neil Young. <laughs> well i think it was cool that he did this he took that step and decided he was gonna say fuck it all and this is what i want to do yeah, and he did that. <laughs> Certainly he did, did that. that. Well, I'm. Have you heard the whole album? No, 
I don't think so. Well, I might have done, but I, I don't believe I have, no. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's cool. It's, it's it. really good. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. I, so it's called Trans from 1982. Yeah. And I mean, I think the reception was mixed. Um, the record label was furious. So all of that appeals to me as well, of course. Um, <laughs> For the sake of being difficult. Uh, yeah. I like his, yeah, obstinacy in <laughs> insisting on putting this record out. He basically, I think the previous album was with Crazy Horse mm. and he'd already started adopting some kind of more new wave sounds. Um, and that was all, so up until then, everything had been on his old record label, um, everything he released had been on the um, reprise records. Right. And so I think it was around this time he started hanging out with Devo a bit. Like there's that really crazy long uh, jam. Have you seen that? No. That's really good. Um, oh, what's it called? I don't need that. No, it existed. It's called Into the Black or something. Right. And he got the line, Rust never sleeps from that, I think. Boogie Boy says it or something. He ad-libs it. Um, And he was making that film Human Highway. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, but I'm aware of it. Um, It's quite weird. But Devo were in that as well. And um, I think that came out in 1982. So yeah, 1982 is quite a weird year, I think, for Neil Young. Yeah. That film and then followed up with this album, Trans. um, On the new label, uh, Geffen. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently he went with them because David Geffen had previously been the manager of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, so they had a good relationship. Right. And he was promised, like, complete creative freedom to record whatever he wanted. And he made this. He made this. <laughs> and they were really, really annoyed with him. And I think to try and, um, like, mend bridges, he, as a follow-up, he offered them a country album, mm-hmm. which they declined and said, no, we want a rock and roll album. Right. To which he turned around and gave them 
everybody's rocking, which is this like 1950s throwback rock and roll album. Wow. That performed really badly and is like critically is completely trashed. Jesus. Um, At which point David Geffen, um, or sorry, Geffen Records uh, sued Neil Young. Really? I don't know any of this. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. What was the outcome of that? Um, They tried to sue him for $3.3 million Mm. for producing work that was not representative and was uh, intentionally, um, what's the word, non-commercial. Right. He then issued a countersuit for circa $20 million. Bloody hell. Um, and the whole thing got settled, but apparently it put off a lot of bands. So in 1983, like REM were being courted by them. Right, by Geffen. Uh, yeah, and apparently that put them off. You know, the fact that they were suing one of their artists who was meant to have complete creative control. Yeah. Apparently David Geffen personally um, apologised to Neil Young. And, Too right. Um, yeah. But he did this whole everybody's rocking thing, which just makes me laugh, like them going... We want a rock and roll album, probably meaning they want a rock album. Yeah. And he's taken them at their word and he gives them fucking everybody's rock in. Or he's got this like pink zoot suit on and um, like turning in these really fusty old like rock songs, rock and roll tracks. Interesting. Yeah. A pink suit suit. How about that? Ooh. Lovely. Um, Imagine slipping one of those on and listening to this uh, song again. It'd be a different listening experience mm. for you, wouldn't it? Well, it'd be a different experience, but one with the same result. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Right, so let's listen to my number three track for you. Um, Oh, right. And you know my shit's over with, so it's going to be hits all the way. Uh, Enjoy. song um i know it very well okay i probably still listen to it 10 times a year maybe yes Uh, good uh, (laughs) zoot woman living in a magazine yeah i didn't know you uh knew zoot woman really only this song really i've actually got a few of the albums but i can't ever seem to find any other songs that i like i really of them yeah because that entire first album um is amazing it's one of those uh, classic for me, like, um, you know, beginning to end, I just used to listen to it on, on repeat. Um, but yeah, I, I remember when this came, so this came out in 2001 and I remember, do you remember my friend Tarek? Yeah. And me and him, um, yeah, were obsessed uh, with this entire album. And then, yeah, over the course of years, um, I I don't have the last two albums, maybe, um, but I've tried to like every album they've released, I've got and listened to, and it even though it doesn't have that 
you know, that initial excitement you get with that kind of sound, right, from the first album, they've still maintained um, a consistency of great songs uh, throughout, some better than others, obviously. But, um, yeah, and I still think they're a really good band and they're still making music, you know, to this day. Um, but I always remember it as being um, the guy from, if you remember, Les Rhythm or whatever, Les Rhythm is, Digitales. Okay. Uh, and yeah, because he released a album called Dark Dancer, which I'm sure if you Googled, you'd probably recognize the cover. Um, but that was like a dance album. Uh, and he went on to form Superwoman and all this stuff. And um, yeah, I've never seen them live. They're one of the few bands that um, I've never seen live uh, that I'd really, you know, like to and that have always been around. Um, but yeah, I love this track. It still stands up today, I think. Definitely. So are they actually a band or are they just uh, like one guy? No, it's a band. Like it's a band. There's three of them now, I think, but it's the three core people um, who were there at the beginning. But yeah, they're a band. I should go back and listen to that album because, um, yeah, maybe I didn't really give it enough of a try. And then I think... I became a bit like fixated on that one song and that's just been something I carry through like various playlists over the years. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really good. It's really unique. I think 2001 as well, they must've been one of the first bands that really embraced that eighties. They did. Yeah. Retro so they, sound. Yeah. As well as, you know, people like, Oh, you know, strokes or whatever, but it's like strokes weren't really doing eighties, eighties, like that whole eighties nostalgia, thing and this and it being very stylish and you know the singing and the actual music and stuff like that when you think of 80s is more suit woman it's more yeah. that, like when, I, I don't really understand when people say strokes are kind of 80s i just don't get i don't think of it as that at all but no um, it sounds more 70s to me yeah and uh but yeah they were definitely for me i think anyway one of the first people that really embraced what you know the 80s was all about and um did it long before you know long before it became the whole thing yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's 2018 years ago almost two yeah. decades ago and we're only now and like still to this you know 80s has never been more prevalent than it's been over the last couple of years and you know they were doing it almost two decades ago it's funny, isn't it, that that's only just peaking? It makes me think, God, like we were nostalgic for the eighties um, back in two thousand when we were only eighteen. Yeah, we just got out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I like about it, I think, it's got that that sheen, that high production sheen of the eighties, but it's also got that kind of like aching melancholia. Yeah, that typifies a lot of um, like eighties pop music, especially that came out of like bands that were a bit more you know, come from the, like, New Wave Underground or something. It could mm. be, like, almost like a Duran Duran, almost like Girls on a Film. It's talking about that, like, talking about, you know, hollowness of the media and glamour of the 80s. Yeah. Living in a magazine. Exactly. Yeah, it's really great. And it's still, like, uh, I'm still nostalgic for the time around when I was listening to it. So it just felt like, you know, to me, for me, those last... That like 2000 to 2005 or whatever was the real like last hurrah for um for that kind of music where it felt like you know it, music wasn't on the decline so like you know Napster was only really just coming about 
um, file sharing stuff, whatever, but it felt like you were going in, you know, buying a CD album was a big deal. Um, you know, bands would release stuff and you'd, and it'd be like fucking 12, 14 months of, you know, hyping it up before it actually came yeah. out rather than just being like, Oh, thingy released an album the other day. It's weird. Well, this single was coming out, like music felt more like of a thing, um, felt more tangible, um, and the easy access it kind of gets today. And yeah, more of an event. Exactly, yeah. And that, and the albums of that time that were released at that time, especially new bands and new music, I highly recommend, like, literally just sit back, chill, listen to the whole album beginning to end. Um, I like, you know, It's Automatic, um, one of the tracks on it, probably the most famous track on the album over all this stuff, over Living in a Magazine, yeah, type track, the one we just listened to, mm. um, is... Uh, yeah, is again in my same as that you were saying with this song. Um, yeah, it's automatic. It's on every kind of playlist thing that I do when I, you know, want to listen to stuff. If you know what I mean, kind of always seems to find its way into my, you know, music playlists. Um, but yeah, the entire album was great. Listen to it. All of them are great. The you know the second, third album. Listen to those as well. They're they're really good. Who is Suit Woman? I don't know, it's just a cool name, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Wasn't it's making me think James, of Neil Young's suit villain. that he wore during uh, his performances of Everybody's Rockin'. Yeah, we're finished with uh, Neil Young now. So, um, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to, this is your last track that I'm going to listen to now. And therefore... Your shit. End on a shit note, as always. <laughs> Get out. Right, here we go. What was she for So I guess you know what that was. Yes, that was Old Age by, well, by Kurt Cobain, but sung, <laughs> sung by Courtney Love. Um, it's interesting that you chose that. Um, I mean, what do I think about it? In terms of, as a song, it's very much like a kind of Z-list Cobain, Cobain song. There's times when it's like, you know, as a... Musician as a singer songwriter, when it's like you know mucking around or whatever on the guitar and trying to, and you kind of found something and then someday you're like, oh, it's kind of a song, whatever, and it's very throwaway. That's what I feel like this is, and the fact that like Courtney Love is like on her hands and knees, like picking up these little bits. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'll take it, I'll do it. Yeah, that'll be you know, I'll, I'll play that on, I'll play that on my um, uh, unplugged or whatever, um, and yeah, and she just. I don't know. I don't know. I feel horrible. I feel dirty after listening to it and all that stuff. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's how I felt. Um, I've been struggling to come up with shits because um, I generally don't listen to music that I think I'm not going to like. Um, so I reached back into the uh, well of of bile and anger to produce this one. Well. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on it? It just makes me angry. I feel really annoyed. Why angry? 
I don't, I don't, I suppose it is, you know, obviously it was a cast off because if Kurt thought there was any value to it, they'd have continued with the song and developed it or whatever. But when you listen to that version that was released on With the Lights Out, mm. um, which they had, a, you know, they had a go at it during the Nevermind sessions. Yeah. Um, which was debatable for a long time. There wasn't really any concrete evidence that that had happened. Yeah. And I remember in probably around the same time as Zoot Woman, there was like a 20-second clip, really muddy and murky, circulating online. Mm. Um, but to all intents and purposes, this was just a whole song. So this track was the B-side to the Beautiful Sun single, which came out in 1993. So Nirvana's still around, Kurt's still around. I can't remember who it's credited to. It's not credited to Kurt. It's either Courtney Love or Hull. Right. Um, and, but obviously, like, the music is, it's completely the old age recording that Nirvana had done. And to the credit of Dave and Chris, they never said anything yeah, about it. Yeah, piped up. Um, well, that's no real surprise, is it? I mean, you know, fucking hell. Yeah, they're not, pe- like, petty and vindictive, like... Yeah. Um, she is well also it's yeah exactly there's just that element of like you know just let let it lie yeah exactly. I think she's a f- fucking nutter which is <laughs> no matter what you think of her what she's done or whatever and stuff like that she's definitely insane and she always has been insane <laughs> but um i just think it's a really poor version um because even on that version on like i said on with the lights out the nirvana version you know, I really like Nirvana's jams and improvs, and I think Kurt had a real knack for channeling something deep within and capturing an emotion and conveying it. And even if there weren't lyrics, if it was just like mumbled harmonies, melodies, he put something across because he was, you know, he was an artist in that way. Yeah. Um, and they've taken the blueprint of that song, and it just shows how badly it can go when you don't really have that real emotional connection with the material there's just little things like like the timing the cadence um and the terrible lyrics mm. the lyrics are so bad it's like something um like 14 year old would do to attract attention there's all these like there's no, there's no nothing subtle about it yeah references to like an old forgotten rape of mine yeah, it's a waste of sperm and eggs yeah Something about going back to rehab. It's like yeah. all the, <laughs> how much stuff can you get in like one song to uh, draw attention to? It's really try hard. Yourself. Yeah, and that's the problem. And that's you know I won't go into this now, but like you know I recently, recently, but like a couple of years ago, um, I went back and listened to Live Through This, and um, I still I like it. I like most of it for, for uh, probably about half a song for, as an album anyway. But um, Kurt wrote it. It's got Kurt's fingerprints like yeah. all over it. And the same way that it's like when you listen to like Celebrity Skin and, you know, it, and this isn't something new. Like even when Celebrity Skin was released, it was like, this is a Smashing Pumpkins album. Yeah, Everything about it, from the cover, from the front cover to, you know, absolutely every tiny detail had Billy Corgan's handprints all over it because that was who she was fucking at the time. Because she can't, yeah. she hasn't got, she's void of any actual talent apart from the fact that grunge happened and so she picked up a guitar, played some chords and learned to scream. And But she loved the, like, and she just lived that rock lifestyle 
which you know unfortunately Kurt seemed to buy into. But yeah. um, but when you listen to Live Through This and you know Violet and um, Miss World and things like that, um, all the cool bits and all the even the sound of it, it's like it's weird because I just think I'm listening to like a Kurt album that never that never was. Um, yeah. Do you know the version of, um, I can't remember if it, is it called Asking For It? Yeah, well, there is the song Asking For It, yeah, which is another yeah. great song off the album. Yeah, and that, have you heard the version on uh, Outsest Aside with Kurt singing on it as well? <sighs> I, I probably have done, but yeah, not so, really I mean, any time recently. It just adds credence to the fact that, you know, he was around during the composition oh, yeah. and the recording of a lot of these songs. Mm. Um yeah yeah but yeah i think the people around like you read stuff about how um you know it, she would like nick stuff basically or like saying like oh i need a bit here or a bit there or you know and it's just and it's not like oh she was living with him so obviously she was going to be influenced by him and stuff like that stuff like old age and stuff is shows that she had absolutely no problem with just thieving material yeah and casting it off as her own. She did not give a fuck. And that's what um, Live Through This album was. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Interestingly, they re-recorded this song and released it in 1995 as a B-side to Violet. Um, right. In quite, it's quite a different version. I find the one that we listen to today somehow more offensive. Um, but... If you enjoyed that song, then uh, you might want to go and check out the other version. Yeah, why not? It's weird, did you see recently that um, Kurt's uh, unplugged a fucking cardigan or whatever for like, for like quarter of a million or whatever it was? Oh, it? God, really? Yeah, and his guitar, his blue um, Jaguar, blue? no, no, blue Mustang, I think, um, went for like 320k or something um, that he used during the In Utero tour and, you know, around that time. Wow. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, but I don't know if you know, because there's a whole thing about Kurt's guitar from Unplugged. Do you know about this? No. So, um, Francis Bean, Francis Bean Cobain, um, Kurt's daughter, in case people don't know, went out with this bloke who basically looked pretty much exactly like Kurt, but whatever, that's another thing. Um, and she gave him Kurt's guitar that he played during Unplugged, right? Okay. Now, when they split up, Courtney said she wanted the guitar back, and he basically said no. He was like, okay. no, it was a gift, I'm keeping it. So yeah, she apparently, this is where the courts got involved, and this is the accusation, hired someone to kill him to get the guitar back, and apparently it got to a point where people broke into his house and basically held him up to get the guitar back. Wow. Apparently. Um, and Wow. Yeah, and there was a whole... If you Google it, and there's a whole, like... Uh, I don't know what the final result of it was, if anything happened, or if it's still ongoing or whatever, because it's you know, fairly... It's a couple of years, but you know how long like, all the, the law takes. takes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, she, he's out and out. It was just like, Courtney Love hired a hitman to kill me over Kurt's guitar. Oh my god! And that just adds fuel. Yeah, exactly. People are loving that, aren't they? They're like, well, "This is what she does." Like, wow. 
she's got no problem doing it then. So, yeah, but she's a fucking mess. Like, her whole... If you read um, her Twitter account or whatever stuff that she said in the past, like, it, it's nonsensical. Like, she tries to, like, give her opinions about stuff and it's the ramblings of a madwoman. Not, mm-hmm. you know, not that I'm saying, like, you know, it's not what she, she's... The opinion that she's giving. I'm talking about literally the way it's worded, how she's writing it down, mm-hmm. makes no sense. It incoherent. Is, yeah, completely incoherent. And like the whole thing with like Francis, the fact that Francis now has to, you know, if, if she's keeps apologising for her mother and whatever. And Francis, I'm sure, is fucked up in her own way anyway, but um, lives with Wendy. Like, you know, that's it. Can't live with Courtney anymore. Fuck knows what Courtney's doing. Um, but yeah, they, she keeps, they keep having these like public spats on social media or whatever. Um, yeah, because Courtney just, and that's, you know, it's like, you know, Courtney's supposed to be her mum. And when you look back to like the things of like when she was taking heroin and smoking whilst pregnant and all that stuff, or allegedly when she blatantly was, and that's why they fought so hard to defend and they weren't able to see their kid for ages or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you just think she's fucking nuts. She's psychotic. Like at the time, it's like, you know, oh, she's taking heroin and smoking when pregnant. Yeah, that sounds bad. To the point where I'm thinking, you know, as a father, the idea of a mother doing that at all, full stop, is incomprehensible. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just don't know. Like, she's just, God knows. I'd be interested to, like, not that it would ever happen, but, like, just spend an evening, like, in her company. Not like that makes me sound like I want to have sex with her. <laughs> like, <clears throat> like at a party or something like that. <laughs> and just be like, you know, what is she actually really like? Um, but if you remember, like I used to be friends with uh, Noel Fielding, who mm. basically used to shag her. And, um, uh, and he was very like, um, let's just say, careful about what he said about her um, and all this stuff because he was clearly quite scared, <laughs> scared wow. of her because she's fucking nuts. Um, Forget about Courtney, everyone. If you like the song, go and find the Vaughn version with the lights out and enjoy purity of that song, unadorned, unsullied by that wretched crack addict. Corny Love. Songs Without Love should be the title of the actual book set. Um, <laughs> right, okay, so let's move on to uh, the final song. The final countdown. Final one, indeed. And it is the final countdown, no matter if it was. And, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks. was very charming mm. um, very sort of laid back cafe jazz kind of feel mm-hmm. I don't want to sound francophobic but was this more French shit <laughs> well no um, it had that cafe 
cafe couleur kind of vibe. Um, her singing was a bit, she sounded like she had a blocked nose. Yeah, she does speak um, diff- several languages, but she's uh, British, I believe, yeah. They were all British. Mm-hmm. Well, she's, it's Electrolane. So if you remember that band yeah. a little while ago, um, Trash Bags or whatever they were called. <laughs> <laughs> Grot Bags. <laughs> um, rock bangs. Um, they, uh, you were saying how it was some ex members of Electrolane, yeah, in it or whatever. And this was, um, it was quite difficult me, for me to pick a song from the album that this comes from, which is called The Power Out. And this song is called Birds, um, because I really like all the songs on the album, but this one I feel is the most immediately accessible and also like the kind of prettiest maybe um and it's a bit more yeah it's a bit more nice if that makes sense but I still think it's very much that electrolane sound which is like you know soft guitars it feels like it's almost live um yes and you know it's very delicate um when it needs to be but also like has that you know cool ending where it kind of you know comes together a little bit more and then almost as soon as it started it finishes again so they they play around with um uh with how they're creating the music as well if that makes sense um and what they want to do with it it could have just been a very normal simple slow um number but then you know towards the end just that stepping up again, which makes it feel a bit different. And I feel like that's, there's things like that, that, that whole album, it still feels new to me each time I listen to it because it's just got all these like quite um, cool little bits to it and it just sounds different still to this day. Yeah, I liked that ending. Um, it was very sprightly and like you say, it then didn't stick around too long. So like structurally as a composition, it was quite unusual, I suppose, to have that come in at the end and then just disappear. Yeah, and I like lyrically, you know, just the fact, you know, it's, you know, it's not that I can't go on without you. I've got a lot of things to do, busy, busy all the time, but I can't stop thinking about you. It's like, just nice. It's just a, a lovely little, you know, four, four lines, like being like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm independent, I'm, always, I'm doing stuff. But yeah, and so that nice romantic, you know, notion. It's like we're all busy, we're all trying to do stuff. But um, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's, an, it's um... they, they, Lyrically, they're very, it's getting late now, so I'm starting to mumble more. But lyrically, <laughs> it's, um, it's quite, it resonates quite well as well. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's realistic, it's grounded in some sort of um, realism not just some saccharine, airy-fairy, lovey-dovey fucking shit. Yeah, no one wants that, Jesus. Um, yeah. yeah, so, uh, yeah, did you like it? Yeah, I think, you know, that vocal could uh, grow on me. I could get used to it and maybe even enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, I like some music. I think you like think, the album. Like you said, that live kind of sound, just very, very warm live sound, very nice. Yeah, I think you'd like it if you listen to it. I mean, it's not very long. It's only like half hour or something. So, um, and it's quite, uh, I always used to enjoy listening to it really late at night. Um, anyway, if you know what I mean, with some headphones and just maybe if I'm reading a book or 
um, or whatever. It just feels like it's that kind of music. Mm. Nice tip. Well, I've got it here on my computer. I could uh, pop it on my phone and maybe I'll go away now and lie down in a dark room with some headphones on. And have a wank. Some, I was going to say, wank myself to sleep to the strains of Electrolyte. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, for, for women. Um, perfect. You know, so it's nice for you to like listen to four women do something a bit different. That's it. We went through our nice, uh, nice image to end the uh, show on. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was your? What would be your pick of the four that um, I presented to you? Um, oh God, what have we listened to? We've had some corn. Some electrolyte. You always do this. Yeah. <laughs> we started with um what did we start with? Carpenter Blur. Carpenter Blut, yeah. And um God, what was the other one we've had? Carpenter Brut, corn, electrolane, suit woman. Oh, the Zoot Woman. Um yeah, well I'm gonna listen to the Zoot Woman album because mm. Yeah, I don't feel like any of it's ever registered, and I love that song so much. And uh, yeah, something's gone, something's gone awry, awry really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say so. Out of the, the tracks that you played, uh, not Neil Young. <laughs> Sad to say, what a shame. Um, I really liked, You'd love that album. I really, um, I think, out of all of them, that frustration track uh, kind of makes me want to explore that more. So that might be my pick. Uh, I think. What was the last song that you played? Do you remember? It was your shit, anyway. Oh, it was Hole, wasn't it? Hole. Yeah, 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 fuck that. Yeah, so Frustration. It would either be the first song or Frustration. You need to go deeper into Hole. Yeah, I've I've got Um, as deep into Holes as I need to go. Frustration, I think, would um, bear fruit. I mean, I always used to think that back in the day, the fact that it used to be like, Courtney loves Hole. That's how people used to present it. Like, uh, yeah. the band Courtney loves Hull but also like the fact that it's like Courtney loves Hull <laughs> wow as well as Courtney loves Hull <laughs> do you remember Manhole yeah, I remember the name <laughs> they had to change the name because of Hull did they yeah and they became Tura Satana yes and um, I remember that the female vocalist yeah um, he's still doing stuff to this day I believe Harry B. Oh, mate, how do you even remember this stuff? <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, I didn't realise that was because of Courtney Love and Hull. Yeah. Jesus, that woman. Right. Um, well, guys, uh, Dan, where can people find you? Oh, please, go and watch my YouTube channel. Please. <laughs> Dreadful Discs. Dreadful Discs. And uh, then you can go on Instagram and look at at Dreadful Discs. Yes. And there'll be more pictures of records. All the pictures. And you can check out Instagram, A New Winter, Twitter, at A New Winter, blah, 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 at A New Winter. <laughs> um, email <laughs> us, A New Winter Podcast at gmail.com. What do you think of Courtney Love's Hole? Um, <laughs> it's Devis. <laughs> show How us a picture of it if you've got one. I'd like to see it. <laughs> Um, How would you rate it? Did you hate it? Did you love it? Did you fill it? Was it three hits and a shit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, thanks, Courtney Love's Hole. <laughs> uh, I 
I've hit that three times and then shit in it. Um, oh, lovely. <laughs> so that's, that's the end of this episode. Um, see you next time, boys and girls, for another episode of A New Winter, Codes and Culture. Good night. Culture. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.